Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to The Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. This time on the show, we look at how a woman's age and stage of life affects her experiences at work. Some employers have set notions about exactly what you should be doing at which stage of your career, including right after you've had a baby. There was the assumption that I was no longer on the advancement track, that I would not be applying for more aggressive roles in the near future, so that perhaps I needed to take things a little bit easier. And sometimes being an older woman in the office can present challenges as well as rewards. Younger people tend to discount your opinions. They may think, well, she's not going to be around here all that many more years anyway. You know, let's not worry about bringing her into a particular discussion. And we have some inspiration for anyone who thinks it's too late to try a new line of work. Coming up on The Broad Experience. The Broad Experience is supported by SoundCloud and by Stitcher Smart Radio, where you can listen to your favorite podcasts and shows on demand. So do you include your graduation dates on your LinkedIn profile? I'd never thought about doing otherwise, but a few months ago, I read a column that made me rethink the whole topic of professional women and age. Leah Eichler is the editor of Feminomics, a site for professional women, and she recently launched Rally, a mobile collaboration platform for women. She wrote a column saying she'd always been proud of her age-to-accomplishment ratio and didn't hide anything on LinkedIn, but noticed plenty of other women did. Given the youth culture that dominates, at least in North America, it's not surprising, perhaps, that people don't want others to jump to conclusions about their capabilities based on a glance at a date. But Leia says age discrimination can be subtler than that, that it's also about employers' views of what you should have accomplished by a certain age. There is a certain expectation about when uh, you're supposed to reach certain landmarks in your career based on the landmarks in your personal life. So perhaps if you are in your 40s and you're embarking on a new career, you haven't hit the landmarks that you expect to hit because you've switched careers or because you've taken time out of your career. And that is a bit incongruous for employers who are looking at you and expecting you to have a certain irrelevant background before you, you come into their company. She's experienced some of this disconnect herself. She left a long career at a large global company to go out on her own and quickly realized she was flouting people's expectations of who an entrepreneur was. Especially in the technology space that many associate with young men uh, just coming out of university or coming out of an engineering program. You know, I was uh, already in my mid to late 30s. I already had two children. It didn't, I didn't fit the right profile, and when I was speaking to a lot of individuals, particularly some investors, they looked at me and they were puzzled. And when she had her children back at her old company, she came up against puzzlement of a different sort. During her first pregnancy, a lot of people asked her if she was coming back to work. For me, that was a ridiculous question, uh, because it never occurred to me otherwise that I would not be working. 
Uh, this was a career that I had invested a lot in, and I, I had taken it very seriously. With my second, um, I had a, a quite a more advanced title than I did with my first child, and there was the assumption that I was no longer on the advancement track, that I would not be applying for more aggressive roles in the near future, so that perhaps I needed to take things a little bit easier. And that was never something that I had vocalized. That was an assumption that was made about me that I really didn't appreciate. And it's very hard to get rid of that perception about yourself. How did that come across? I'm curious, did people actually vocalize this to you and sort of drop comments to that effect? Well, you know, there were a few po- there were a few postings that I'd always had listed as my dream jobs. And it was just when they were becoming available, I did have one superior tell me, well, there's really no chance that you're going to be applying for any better roles the next year because you want to take things easier with a baby at home. So, I mean, it was actually said to my face (laughs) at least once. Some women may have to battle employers' assumptions when they're in their childbearing years, but those assumptions often tend to solidify as women age. Outgoing U.S. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton may be at the peak of her career at 65, but long before that point, a lot of women find attitudes towards them are changing, and not always for the better. Gail McMinn is a broad experience listener and the executive vice president of commercial services for an energy management company in the Midwest. She got in touch several months ago and one of the things she mentioned was that she was now dealing with some of the trials of being an older woman at work. I was intrigued. First, I asked her to tell me a bit about her career path. The energy industry is a very male-dominated industry. And uh, it's been interesting to try to navigate up the career ladder given some of the challenges that that sort of an industry presents. Such as? Well, for example, um, being a female, often the only one in the room (laughs) in a meeting of many men, you have to make sure that you have your ducks in a row, that you know exactly what you're talking about and that you've done your homework. And you have to be able to articulate your particular views on things and have strategies that you've put together, some, some direction that you can offer to them and be able to be fairly succinct about it. I think that uh, I have felt that I have had to perhaps work harder than many of the men that I've been competing with because you sort of have to go that extra mile to get noticed and for them to trust that you will really be able to perform the role that you want to perform. I also wanted to know how she did it, because so many people still struggle with how to pull off a sane and happy work and family life. Fortunately, I have a very a very good husband who's uh, very supportive and ve- has always been very interested in seeing me be able to progress toward my goals. We have three children. And I pretty much worked through the whole time as we were raising the kids. They're all out on their own now. But uh, my husband was extremely helpful, even though he traveled quite a bit in his career, and I did some of that as well. We, you know, we worked together very closely to make sure that we were handling everything for the family at home, and it really worked very well. I would say I was someone unusual among the women I worked with and among my friends because. Um, I think doing that takes a tremendous amount of energy 
and a tremendous amount of motivation. And I think a lot of women, they just, you know, they just don't want to go there. Or maybe they don't have a husband who's as willing to share things as I fortunately did. When you wrote me that first email back in the spring, toward the end, you said, at this time in my career, I'm dealing with the challenges of being an older female in the business world. Tell me what you meant by that. Sure. In fact, I think of it kind of in terms of pros and cons, because there certainly are some good things about being an older woman in the work world. And when I say older, I'm talking about women in their 50s, 60s, and beyond. Um, And for me, I'm in my late 50s. But the good things are, I feel like women my age, if we've worked, you know, many years, we've gained a lot of experience. We have a certain amount of wisdom now that we didn't have when we were younger. I think we're able to think more strategically about things. We're able to see the big picture. Um, It's easier for us to assess what will work and what won't work when it comes to things that are thrown out here at work. Uh, I think we're, again, because of our maturity and our experience, we're able to judge people better. So those are all pros as far as reaching this age in the work world. But the cons, I think that uh, younger people, you know, may tend to discount your opinions. They may think, well, she's not going to be around here all that many more years anyway. You know, let's not worry about bringing her into a particular discussion. You may see opportunities being somewhat less, you know, and I'm talking about promotions or certain project assignments, um, certain kinds of training. Tell me how you deal with this, because I know some of this comes from your own experience. What what are your what's your answer to combating some of this? I guess we could call it sort of light prejudice. Well, I think first and foremost, one has got to continue to deliver quality results. You can't slack off. You have to keep your work ethic high. You have to remember that you may not be climbing the ladder, so to speak, anymore, but you are still competing. And so you have to do everything that you need to do to deliver high-quality work. I think that's number one. Another thing, I do see people my age, and particularly women my age, slacking off when it comes to staying current um, especially with technology and with the way technology is changing right now and it's it being used more and more in the workplace, it's critical to you know, have your smartphone, know how to use it, know how to deal with the different devices that we've got now. Gail says you have to keep pushing yourself on every front in order to stay in the game. Finally, she says communication style is vital. She thinks many women get to a point where they're so used to fighting to be heard among a group of men that they become domineering. You tend to maybe be a little overly direct, uh, come across to younger people as if you're telling them what to do, and that does not go over very well. So I think one has to really be careful in how they communicate their opinions. But sometimes perhaps you just can't fight someone else's attitude, no matter how diplomatic you are. I met a woman recently who'd been called into a company by the COO for a possible consulting job. The CEO was a 26-year-old male. She was not. She says she knew the guy wasn't listening to what she said. He was running over her sentences and generally displaying impatience. She was pretty sure he saw her as his mother, and he wasn't about to listen to mum. She told her contact it wasn't a good match and didn't take on the job. 
So as usual, women have quite a dance to do to hit all the right notes with all the right players at work. For anyone who may decide they've been with one dance partner for too long, it's never too late to try something new. I read a lot of articles with titles like 30 Under 30, all celebrating precocious business superstars' successes. But I wish someone would write one called 50 Over 50 about people who reinvent themselves later in life. To me, the idea that success has to come when you're young seems quite limiting. As Gail McMinn says, you gain a lot with experience, including confidence, and I think there's much to be said for continuing to learn and do new things as you get older. When I spoke to Financial Times columnist Mrs Moneypenny a few months ago, she agreed. She's otherwise known as Heather McGregor. I personally think that everything is about the future. When I turned 50, I thought of all the people I admired and how old they were when they did the things that I admired them for um, and on both sides of the Atlantic. And there are so many, so many people who achieve so much. And I, I think that, you know, 50 in many ways these days is the new 30. OK, maybe that's a bit optimistic, but I'll take it. In writing her book, Sharpen Your Heels, Mrs Moneypenny's career advice for ambitious women, Heather spoke to a few women in Scotland who'd all forged ahead in new ways at 60. One of them trained as a solicitor in her late 50s. And it's one thing to train as a solicitor. It's quite another to get a training contract afterwards to go and do your articles. A paid training contract, age 60. That's really impressive. The, another woman had fallen into um, starting a business at 60 completely by accident. She'd bought a flat to rent out uh, for her pension, an apartment to rent out for her pension. And then she had had to manage it. And then a friend said, well, could you manage mine as well? And five minutes later, she's the biggest manager of apartments in Dundee. And then the final example was a woman who'd worked all her life as a librarian and hated it. Well, I said hated it. I'd never been that happy in it. When she retired, she, at 55, she went and took holy orders and became a priest. And then she had to really work the Church of Scotland to give her a proper job. Because at that stage, most people want you to do things for nothing. They think, oh, well, she's retired. She can just go and preach in all these churches for nothing. And she wanted a proper job with a salary in her parish. And she just knocked on the door of every bishop in Scotland until she got one. So whether it's following up with bishops or starting to sell something you make, it's never too late to try new things. My grandmother got married for the third time at 88, although admittedly marriage itself was hardly new to her by then. And her husband was a keen emailer and taught himself how to use a digital camera in his 90s. That's the last broad experience for this year. Thanks so much to all of you who've listened to the show since I began making it in the spring. You can sign up for the newsletter at thebroadexperience.com and please help out if you can by writing a positive review on iTunes. It's one of the ways the show has a chance of finding a wider audience. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. Thanks for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. 
Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 